You're at the Over or Under Show. I'm your host, Ed Henderson. And man, it's a crazy world we live in. It has no shortages of rabbit holes. I'm not scared of rabbit holes. If you're not scared of rabbit holes, this show is for you. Let's see if we can jump in one and make our way back to the top. Welcome to Over and Under. I'm your host, Ed Henderson, and thank you for joining me today on this Friday, March 25th, 2022. And today is Friday, and that's a day when I kind of kick back and relax a little bit. I don't try to put six hours of research into trying to bring you 20 minutes of uh, information. A lot of you are probably saying, oh my God, bless his heart, he puts that much time into it, and that's the best he can do. Well, if nothing else, I hope it motivates you to look into some of these matters yourself. I've always encouraged you from day one to think for yourself, to not let people feed you. I think one of the worst things Christians do is just so lazily sit back and let a pastor feed them when they've been blessed with literacy, the uh, being able to get a Bible. Man, you need to get in there and read for yourself. You need to pray for yourself. Feel that way about being a citizen in the United States of America. You know, there's been a lot of people of all races, creeds, colors that have given their lives so you could have the freedom to have a thought and not only just have a thought to speak it. So please, uh, I want to encourage you to not let people tell you what to think and, you know, including myself, put it in the toolbox, look at it, analyze it. If you don't agree with it, throw it away and, and find out for yourself. But just don't let somebody feed you a bunch of crap. You know, a lot of the things that are happening to us today is not so much as some of the evil minorities of people who have bad intentions, but I think it's a lot of good people that, that are lazy, that don't feel like they need to put in the time. They're just more than happy to go to their favorite news source and let that person tell them the way life and truly is. And, and there you go. That's, that's, that's the way they see it. So, a couple of things that have impressed me through the week, especially this morning, you know, Biden, Biden is uh, over in Brussels and he's, he's telling Europe that he's going to assist with their fuel shortages. Well, how's he doing with our fuel shortages over here? And I'm, I'm going to say not too good. Uh, Russia exports roughly 23.3 billion cubic feet per day of natural gas, of which 72% goes to the largest European economies, the entire worldwide LNG market is expected to be roughly 53 billion cubic meters this year in 2022, so says this article. And Biden says he's going to work with the Middle East and North Africa and Asia, Asia to try to make up these shortages. I'm, I'm going to think that he was probably already negotiating, trying to uh, do something about our shortages and our, our need for more oil. So look for those prices to go up even more if he truly does direct those resources to Europe. Now, say what you want to about Trump, but Trump saw this coming. So here's an article from Reuters, July 11th, 2018. This is almost four years ago. He's in Brussels. Donald Trump is in Brussels, just like uh, Biden is today. Totally different message, though. U.S. President Donald Trump launched a sharp public attack on Germany on Wednesday for supporting a Baltic Sea gas pipeline deal with Russia, saying Berlin had become a captive to Russia and he criticized it for failing to raise defense spending more. When Germany makes a massive oil and gas deal with Russia, Trump said to Stoltenberg, we're supposed to be guarding against Russia and Germany goes out and pays billions and billions of dollars a year to Russia. 
we're protecting Germany, we're protecting France, we're protecting all of these countries, and then numerous of these countries go out and make a pipeline deal with Russia where they're paying billions of dollars into the coffers of Russia. So we're supposed to protect you against Russia, and you pay billions of dollars to Russia, and I think that's very inappropriate, Trump said at the residence of the U.S. ambassador in Brussels. You know, friends, you know, this is not the time to try to negotiate with Putin. Putin, you've given him billions of dollars. Biden took off all the sanctions off of the pipeline. You're already so into Putin for your heating and your, your transportation, your fuel needs. You know, Trump was right. Trump was 100% right. I mean, think about this. And if you've ever been through this, you'll know what I'm talking about. You know, at the at the time that you have the death of a loved one, that's not the time to negotiate the cost of cassocks, plots, ceremony. You're going to pay a very inflated price unless you're blessed to find yourself negotiating with a compassionate funeral home director and cemetery sales agent. Judging by Ukraine, I don't think Putin has that kind of compassion. So now that we're talking about Donald Trump, this is a pretty good segue. The uh, former president has filed a sweeping RICO lawsuit against Hillary Clinton, the Democratic National Committee, and others alleging that they maliciously conspired to weave a false narrative that Trump was colluding with a hostile foreign sovereignty to try and rig the 2016 election. So unless you've been hiding underneath a rock and you've really gone out of your way, or maybe you just don't even care, the man got impeached and that's all you ever care about, but all this was done under the guise of that he was colluding with Russia, and it was shown to be absolutely false. And so now he's going back and trying to sue for this. Now, I know Trump was impeached twice with an attempt to impeach him before he even took office, but the premise, like I said, was that he was colluding with Russia had been thoroughly debunked. I couldn't keep up with everything the Democrats alleged that he did or didn't do, but I think what they finally got him on was talking to uh, President Zelensky about Biden's involvement with the corrupt Ukrainian oil company, specifically concerning the money that they got and the Biden's influence as vice president. In light of testimony of a former business partner, Mr. Bobolinsky, who turned over three cell phones that he said would expose the corruption and business dealings of the Bidens, and then you take that with the laptops, and I'm not really sure what's up on the laptops, but there appears to be some very damning things on Hunter and possibly uh, more stuff about these business dealings, and there has been no hearing as far as I know by by Congress. But if the Democrats lose Congress, they're not going to be able to suppress this information. And there very well could be somebody uh, held accountable for this. And let me run this by you. And again, this is Friday. Uh, this is where I get to just be one of y'all. I, I just get to talk. I get to ramble. That's why it's called Friday's Rambling. It's not even called Friday Facts. I, I do try to be as factual as I can. But when I am just mulling things over and, and going over impressions. I don't try to tell you it's a fact. So in, in that vein, do you think on top of the FBI having this information that China, Russia, God only knows who else, because once something's on a cell phone, once it's on the internet, it's out there. Do you think China, who has had extensive dealings with the Bidens, do you think they have information over Joe as he goes and meets with with China and, and tries to put a boot on, up their butt? Do you think they've got information about him that will make him back down? Do you think Russia 
do you think Russia, do you think Ukraine has information about the Biden's dealings that they could be uh, using as leverage? So that's the problem with compromising yourself, people. It, it, it takes your power away. So, you know, I do pray for the president. Don't agree with him. Do not agree with his policies. But he, he is he is the leader of this country. He's my president. And, uh, man, I'm, I'm praying for him to do well, because if he doesn't do well, we don't do well. It's, it's nothing personal. I just think that his administration and his policies are just absolutely disastrous. It just, it, I'm just, I just don't take any comfort thinking that possibly that the guy who is representing me may have been paid more money by the people that he's supposed to be defending me against. That's not a good place to be, and that's not a good feeling. Um, another one of uh, President Biden's things that he's done, I, I didn't agree with the appointment. Now, please pay very close attention to what I'm about to say. I'm not saying that I'm disappointed that he appointed or nominated a black judge. I am very disappointed in the judge that he put up who happens to be a black female. I've got no problem what the race, color of the nominee is. is if they're going to respect the U.S. Constitution, if they demonstrate that they have good judgment or have demonstrated good judgment, I'm perfectly fine with it. I just want a judge. I don't want somebody with an agenda. I'm going to tell you where she absolutely lost me is when she was asked to define what a woman is. And she said she could not do that. She is a woman. She has been a woman for over 50 years. That is a question that I think a lot of kid, kindergartners could have addressed. Now, she didn't even have to give the classic biological definition. And that's what she said. She said, I'm not a biologist. That's why I can't answer that question for you. But there was a lot of things she could have said. She said, you know what, that can mean in the year 2022, that could mean a lot of different things to different people. I can share my experience as a woman, what that means to me. I can give you what limited by, and you know, she's been in biology classes, right? Whether it be high school, uh, college to become a judge. I'm sure that's a very extensive education. And within that education, they're not all law. There has to be so much math. There has to be so much English, so much communication, so much of the sciences. She had to have been exposed. I know I was throughout elementary and junior high to have answered that question. But for her to say that she can't answer that question without being a biologist, I'm thinking, oh my gosh, she's got some very serious matters that's going to be coming before her. And if she cannot even determine what a woman is, can she determine who, I don't know, um, a victim is and who the perpetrator is? Is she going to have trouble defining what a uh, defendant is? I mean, those seem to be, those could be a little bit more complicated than the question of who a woman is. I was always also kind of taken back by her, explanation. Now, she did say that. Can't tell you what a woman is because I'm not a biologist, but I did catch a, uh, a, a brief snippet, if you will, and she was uh, explaining why it is she, why it appears that she was so easy on some of the people charged with downloading child porn. And to paraphrase it and put it in a nutshell, at least this is the impression that I took away from the snippet that I watched, 
was that it's so easy, easily available to you that, you know, she couldn't, she couldn't give a harsh sentence because the prosecutor recommended a lot more years. The, the crimes that were involved could have been 20, 30 years, and, you know, they're getting the bare minimum that she could possibly give. But that was her explanation that it's just too easily available. So, you know, that it, it is more easily available, but the law is still the same. It still said the law still says what it says. And that's kind of a weird way to explain a light sentence because it's, it's just too it's too easy to do. I mean, to where do you take that to? And I would have I would have probably asked something like this. So are you trying to tell me that if somebody who is abducting women and raping them, if he has to go two states over, burn a couple tanks of gas and uh, has a couple days involved with the crime, then he's going to get a rough sentence. But if a criminal takes advantage of the most easiest prey, he just waits for the next one to walk because it's so abundant. They walk by his house and it's just so easily attainable. Is he going to get a lighter sentence? Now, that might sound like crazy talk to you, but her answer sounded crazy to me. So I'm not I'm not impressed by, by the judge. And uh, I don't know how many Republicans will vote for her. There's, there's probably a handful, but you might want to ask yourself, does she have the full support of the Democrat Party? Because I don't think that that really resonates very well with a lot of Democrats either. That's all I'm going to say about that. More than most likely, she is going to be confirmed, but... You know, that, that's, that's the way she sees the world. That's the way she judges uh, things. So this is where we are in the year 2022. Here's something that I kind of found interesting. This is a professor, and his, I'm not making this up. His name is Gad, G-A-D, Sad, Gad Sad. And I saw him on Tucker Carlson, and he's a very, very brilliant man, a very knowledgeable in a lot of different sciences, philosophies, you know, this might explain the judge's inability to define woman, but he was talking about postmodernism. Now, I've heard of postmodernism before, but this professor calls it intellectual terrorism. And he uh, uses the example, trying to give you a picture of postmodernism, as flying a plane of bullcrap into our buildings of reason. He goes on and he, he describes this story that he went out with a colleague. The date of his friend was she had an education in postmodernism, women's studies, and cultural anthropology. And, he, you know, he did explain. He said in postmodernism, the big thing is the deconstructionalism of language because language create well, it doesn't create reality, but it, it explains reality. We have If you don't have language, if you can't agree on certain terms, then it's really hard to even have a conversation. But his friend warned him that his date had this type of education. So, you know, the professor sad is he believes there's a, he's like me, he believes there's an ultimate truth. He said he was going to try to be on his best behavior. But, you know, at some point in time in the evening, he uh, he said, look, I understand that you uh, majored in postmodernism and uh, you do not believe in a truth. And she says, well, yeah, that, that's right. And uh, he said, well, there are some truths. He said, for instance, he said, it, it's true that only women can bear children. And uh, she goes on to explain, well, there is a 
some Japanese tribe on some Japanese island where in the mythical realm that men bear children and by restricting the question to biological realm, you are able to keep us barefoot and pregnant. The thing that I find amazing about that response is that it made perfectly good sense to somebody who supposedly is respected, has a very high education but her explanation, she said, it's a mythical, in the mythical realm. That, that means it's not true. It's not reality. The professor didn't give up. He, he, posed, he posed a question. He said, is it true that the sun rises in the east and sets in the west? And uh, the lady responded, well, what do you mean sun? I, I might call it a dancing hyena. And he says, okay, we'll call it a dancing hyena. So the dancing hyena rises in the east and sets in the west. He said, is that a true statement? And she says, I'm not going to play that label game. And he goes on to say, you know, if words have no meaning, it just it results in nihilism. Life is meaningless. How do you even have a conversation if you can't agree? So the professor is much more eloquent than I am. Very interesting guy. He wrote a book, I think it's called The Parasitic Mind, which he tries to make the correlation to, I think, the, the COVID virus, where these ideas develop in the ivory towers of these universities and these elite progressives. And then it, then it escapes and it infects the minds of the public. And it has real ramifications in our society. And maybe that's what uh, Judge Brown's problem is. She got a heavy dose of postmodernism, and that's why it might be difficult to define a woman in reality. But the Supreme Court should be based on reality. I don't know why I just thought about this. Do you remember when Bill Clinton tried to confuse what the word is, is? And I, I had to go onto the internet and punch this up because I wanted to recite it word for word for you in case for some reason you weren't born at this time. But President Clinton was getting hammered for lying to, I think it was the FBI, possibly Congress. And this is what he said when he was faced with a question. He says, it depends on what the meaning of the word is, is if the if he, pause, if is, means is and never has been, that is not, that is one thing. If it means there is none, that was a completely true statement. Now, if someone had to ask me on that day, are you having any kind of sexual relations with Miss Lewinsky? That is, ask me a question in the present tense, I would have said no, and it would have been completely true. <laughs> oh, Bill, you should have had a couple classes in postmodernism. Maybe you could have pulled it off that day, buddy. But, uh, yeah, that's, that's our former President Bill Clinton. If you get a chance to go to Professor Gad Sad's site, it'll pop right up, just punch his name in. It's a very unique name. Very engaging. Such an, What's an incredible mind he has and some incredible stories about his personal life, his education, and his pursuit of being truth. And do you note for, for another, um, just for additional information, he's very supportive of the trans community. He just thinks that we should not have to murder truth in order to facilitate their acceptance. And I, I think that is, I might not even agree to the uh, level that he does with all that, but that sounds reasonable, does it not? Do we really have to kill truth and reason in order to facilitate something that's false? 
Okay, so just bear with me. I think that marble that keeps bouncing around in my head is about to sit still and we'll get out of here. I keep having so many people ask me to uh, do something on COVID. And the only reason I'm apprehensive about doing anything on COVID, I have to be quite honest with you, I don't understand COVID. I don't understand the response. I do not understand all the misinformation that came from Dr. Fauci and uh, the CDC. You know, Dr. Fauci has quite a resume. That gives him a lot of authority, but I can also tell you this too. It also makes him very accountable. He'll, he will have a very difficult time to say he didn't understand. He, he understands gain of function, I can tell you that. And he understood what Rand Paul was saying to him through a little bit of footwork and trying to confuse words as we were referring to earlier, such as Bill Clinton and those who study postmodernism, just trying to deconstruct language to try to give things certain meaning. I think he's going to have a problem. I really do think he's going to have a problem if the Democrats lose control of Congress. I believe he will have to give a full accounting and he's just not going to be able to tell people that they're so misinformed and what they're putting out there is wrong. He will he will have to give a an account for many of the things that he's done. But I can tell you something that kind of jumped out at me. So I, I have a very, very easy way about going about things, trying to understand things. You know, a lot of things were brought up about his advisement, Dr. Fauci's advisement on face masks. And he was. He started off and he said it was totally unnecessary. Later on, he came to say that he wanted to make sure that uh, they were available for the people who needed them, which I guess he was talking about doctors, nurses, first responders. He just didn't want it, people to run out. What's, what, what's really surprising is that he gets a letter from a Miss Sylvia Burwell on February 4th, 2020. Now, Miss Burwell is a former Secretary of Health and Human Services under Barack Obama and the current president of American University in Washington, D.C. So she, she emails uh, Dr. Fauci, and this is, this is what the text says. Tony, I'm traveling to, and it's redacted, doesn't tell you where she's traveling to. Tony, I'm traveling to, folks are suggesting I take a mask for the airport, Burwell wrote. Is this something I should do? Fauci got back to her the following day. Sylvia, their own first name basis, this friend. Masks are really for infected people to prevent them from spreading infection to people who are not infected rather than protecting uninfected people from acquiring infection, wrote the head of the National Institute of Allergies and Infectious Disease, and this was reported uh, Reuters, July 16. Now, he could have told her and mentioned the M95 mask if that was going to be more effective in, in, in protecting her, but this is a friend. So I, I put a lot into this that... He's talking to a dear friend who has reached out there on first name basis, and she goes to the highest authority that she can think of. And being a good friend, she just, well, it's in her cell phone, right? Boom, she just starts texting Tony. And she's looking, this is a friend. So if there was something that needed to be considered to protect his good friend, I think that he would have said so. And so 
I think this discredits much of his information, especially in those early days concerning masks. It, it surely does bring it into question. And I don't know about you, but let's give credit to his explanation about he didn't want to see a run on those masks for people who need it. I'm, I'm just a very skeptical person, so if you didn't tell me the truth the first time, I'm always going to have to guess, are you giving me the full information that I need because you've already demonstrated if you think it's for my good, you're not going to let me know something. So I think Fauci, again, is going to have a problem. You know, talking about doctors, Dr. Oz, you remember Dr. Oz? He's on, uh, his, he was on Oprah. Everybody loved him. You know, if Dr. Oz told you to stick a jelly bean up your butt when he, especially when he was tied up in the Oprah days. If he told you to stick a jelly bean up your butt and it would give you 10 years more on your life, you would probably stick a jelly bean up your butt and live another 10 years. Not me, mind you. Um, but he had a lot of street cred when he was on Oprah. But when he started questioning COVID, my goodness, uh, I think Biden has now asked him to resign in some official capacity. He serves on some type of medical board or something. I don't know what the title that is, but man, it just goes to show when you break ranks and you have a different idea, how quickly they will attack you. And I think, uh, I think I heard that he's running for Senator of uh, Pennsylvania and Dr. Oz, good, well, good luck with that. And, uh, don't think you'll be listening to my podcast. I do not quite have the platform or the listeners that you do, but I think I would make Biden fire me. Make him fire, fire you. Don't, don't just resign. He asked for your resignation. Make him come out in public. He fire you from that position. That's what I would do. With that being said, thank you for listening to these ramblings. And uh, as always, God bless you. Keep you safe till the next time we get together. Bye.